0: Hello and welcome to I Know Dino. I'm Garrett.
1: And I'm Sabrina.
0: And today we'll be talking about Brachiosaurus as well as some dinosaur news. First in the news is an article published in Nature Scientific Reports titled A New Basal Thoropod from the Pre-Torsian Jurassic of South Africa. Evidence of Niche Partitioning at the Sauropodomorph Sauropod Boundary. It was written by Blair W. McPhee and others. So in the paper, they describe a new dinosaur that they found in the upper Elliot Formation in eastern South Africa, which is near Lesotho, if you're up on your Africa geography. It's that little country that's completely surrounded by South Africa, and I think it's the only one in the world. The dinosaur is called Palannasora eocolum, and Palane in Sesotho means rainmaker or bringer, and eocolum means dawn column, which in Greek is a reference to the hypothesized function of its neck. So the rainbringer and maker doesn't really make a lot of sense until you find out a bit about the late Nod Bremer, who was the former owner of the Heelbo farm where the fossil was discovered, and he was also a strong proponent of paleontology taking place on his farm. So it turns out that Pauline was the childhood Sesotho nickname of Bremer's daughter, Panny. So that's where the name comes from. As far as the Dawn column part of the name goes, they believe that this is an early example of a sauropod or sauropodomorph with a horizontal neck, which would have been a more efficient way to eat. And they think it's an early example of it, so that's why it's the Dawn column. It's kind of the origins of it. They also believe that its teeth show that it ate lower-lying, tougher foods, and that the fact that it was on all four legs and had a small head would have eventually helped contribute to sauropods' enormous size that they grew to. They believe that the new sauropod is a close relative to the Vulcanodon genus, which is also from southern Africa, actually Zimbabwe, And much like Volcanodon, it was around in the early Jurassic. And at first look, it appears like a prosauropod because of the difference in the length of its fore and hind limbs. And the feet have those much longer digits where you look at them and you think, that looks an awful lot like a hand and not so much like a foot. So the researchers estimate that it was about 8 meters or 26 feet in length, 2 meters or 7 feet tall at the hips. And about five tons or eleven thousand pounds in body mass. They say, quote, key changes in the dentition, axial skeleton, and forelimb of this new species suggest a genuine functional distinction occurring at sauropodiform sauropod boundary. And they hypothesize that this species and its close relatives may have coexisted with higher browsing non-sauropod sauropodomorphs. <laughs> Which means basically that this dinosaur would have eaten things that were closer to the ground, and then other dinosaurs that could rear up would have eaten things that were higher. And they estimated that some of the ones that could rear onto the two legs could have gotten up to about five meters in the air, while the plants were only about six meters tall, so they would have been able to get just about everything and then there's an even more speculative theory that the uh, increased efficiency of the four legs eventually won out because of that efficiency. And then as they grew a lot bigger, they could get up to those higher elevations anyway and then would have outcompeted those rearing dinosaurs. They do want to see some more research into it and into those theories, specifically to see if this dinosaur was eating the low plants while the other ones were eating higher plants. They want to look at the dental remains and assess whether the browsing strategies could be confirmed or not.
1: Next in the news, a scientist from Leeds says that dinosaurs, quote-unquote, fluked into becoming the dominant species of their time. Dr. Alex Dunhill from the University of Leeds and Professor Matthew Wills from the University of Bath looked at the fossil record of the Triassic and Jurassic periods. In Earth's history, there have been five mass extinction events, And usually we think that animals that were geographically widespread were more likely to not go extinct. But this new study found that though this does help, it didn't help 200 million years ago in the early Triassic, when volcanic eruptions and climate change killed off 80% of species, including crocodile ancestors, which allowed dinosaurs to rise up. Crocodilians were very common and widespread at the time, and dinosaurs were pretty rare and not that widespread, yet they still managed to dominate. And according to Matthew Wills, quote, "...although we tend to think of mass extinctions as entirely destructive events, they often shake up the status quo and allow groups that were previously sidelined to become dominant. Something similar happened much later with the extinction of the dinosaurs making way for mammals and ultimately ourselves." However, our study shows that the rules of survival at times of mass extinctions are very different from those at normal times. Nothing is ever really safe. And according to Dr. Dunhill, quote, these results shed light on the outcome of the biodiversity crisis caused by human activity. It appears a human driven sixth mass extinction will affect all organisms, not just currently endangered and geographically restricted species, end quote. So something to think about, I guess. And this week, there's a lot of dinosaur media. Dinosaurs in the media, media about dinosaurs, so... First up, Marvel is coming out with a new superhero, and the storyline will include a dinosaur. It's called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and it will be about preteen genius Lunella and her 30-foot dinosaur friend. It's based on drawings by Jack Kirby in 1978, which was about an intelligent dinosaur and a caveman buddy, Moon Boy, on a dinosaur world, which is a parallel earth where dinosaurs reigned. And the series will have a Pixar feel, and Lunella will try to fit in despite having this dinosaur friend. So that should be interesting. Next, just giving a nod to The Good Dinosaur, there was an article on Wired that talks about how that movie is made to make you cry based on a clip shown at D23. Of course, it mentions the stunning artwork. Everything looks photorealistic except for the dinosaurs and the humans. And again, that movie is coming out November 25th and Garrett and I are pretty excited to see it. Last is a two to three minute long video made by the slow-mo guys in Field Day. It's a pretty hilarious video that shows dinosaurs at the end of the world as the asteroid hits and it's their last moments and everything is in slow motion. They claim it's 100% accurate, although of course it's not. They've got Jesus riding a dinosaur and then the two men making the video are also in it. The dinosaurs and the people are toys. And this kind of style of video reminded me of the 90s show Kablam!, which was a sketch comedy that used a lot of different toys to act out scenes. In this movie, dinosaurs are living like humans. They're barbecuing, they're mowing their lawn, etc. And then the asteroid hits, and mass destruction ensues. To the classical song Morning Song by Edvard Gregg. And we'll post a link to the video on our blog. That's it for the news. This episode's brought to you by the Colorado Northwestern Community College,
0: you can go from July 6th to July 20th or from July 22nd to August
1: 5th head over to cncc.edu/dinodig you'll get all of the details just make sure that you register online by May 31st and again that is cncc.edu/dinodig d i n o d i g bp added more than 70
0: billion dollars to the US economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Now for our dinosaur of the day, Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus is a sauropod that lived in the Jurassic in North America. It was described by Elmer S. Riggs in 1903 based on fossils found in the Colorado River. The type species is Brachiosaurus altithorax, and Riggs said it was, quote, the largest known dinosaur. Of course, that was in 1903. Brachiosaurus means arm lizard, and it was named so because the length of its arms was unusual for a sauropod. And the name altithorax means deep breastplate because it had a deep, wide chest cavity. The holotype is based on a right humerus, right femur, right ilium, right coracoid, sacrum, trunk, and two caudal, or tail, vertebrae, as well as some ribs. The type species is also based on a partial postcranial skeleton. The fossils were collected in 1900, though it wasn't named until 1903. Riggs and his team from the Field Columbia Museum, now the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, went to the area after Riggs sent inquiries about fossil finds in 1899 to rural areas. S.M. Bradbury, a dentist, who was also an amateur fossil collector, responded to his inquiry. The type species of Brachiosaurus was not the first Brachiosaurus bones found but it was the first attributed to the species. There was a skull found in 1883 in Colorado sent to Charles Marsh, who used it in his restoration of his brontosaurus slash apotosaurus. In the 1970s, Jack McIntosh and David Berman decided the skull was more like a chimerosaurus, but in 1998, Kenneth Carpenter and Virginia Tidwell analyzed it and found it to be somewhat in between a Camarasaurus and a giraffe titan, which was considered to be a type of brachiosaurus, but we'll get into that in a little bit. It's not assigned to a species, but the skull's now classified classified. as Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus skull was loosely attached to its skeleton, like other sauropods, so after it died it would have been easy to detach, either via predators or erosion, which might explain this mix-up in the skull for Brachiosaurus versus Chimarasaurus, and of course the Potosaurus and Brontosaurus with Charles Marsh. The type species bones of Brachiosaurus went on display at the Field Museum in 1908, but there was only 20% of the skeleton, so it wasn't mounted. In 1993, the bones were molded and cast and missing parts were filled in based on giraffe Titan fossils. It was mounted in 1994 in the Field Museum until 1999, when it was moved to the United Airlines Terminal 1 in O'Hare International Airport so that the museum could have room to display the T-Rex Sioux. The same year, the museum mounted a second cast of Brachiosaurus outside the museum. And only the humerus and two dorsals are real and on display in the museum now. The type specimen of Brachiosaurus is the most complete one found so far, which isn't very complete. And because it's one of the earliest known dinosaurs, the family and the genus has had some reclassifications. Until 2009, Giraffa was considered to be a Brachiosaurus. But Giraffa is different from Brachiosaurus because it had different trunk vertebrae. Olsheveki made Giraffa its own genus, and in 2009, Michael Taylor published a study on the differences and found 26 distinct bone-based characters which is more than the difference between Diplodocus and Barasaurus. and Brachiosaurus had a 23% longer trunk vertebrae series and 20 to 25% longer body and taller tail than Giraffatitan. Another kind of confusion with Brachiosaurus is there was a shoulder blade assigned to Brachiosaurus that used to be considered part of the species Ultrasaurus and we go over that in more detail in episode 20. In 1969, paleontologist Kingham reassigned Brachiosaurus to the genus Astrogen, but not many people accepted that. Brachiosaurus fossils have been found in Colorado, Oklahoma, Utah, and Wyoming. It's a pretty rare sauropod of the Morrison Formation. The Morrison Formation was semi-arid with dry and wet seasons and flat floodplains. It had river-lining forests, otherwise there were no trees. And the forest consisted of conifers, tree ferns, and more. Other sauropods in the area included Apotosaurus, Barosaurus, Chimarasaurus, Diplodocus. But again, Brachiosaurus was rare in the area. John Foster found 12 specimens of Brachiosaurus versus 112 Apotosaurus, 179 Chimarasaurus, and 98 Diplodocus specimens. In 2012, a juvenile sauropod postcranial skeleton was found in the Morrison Formation in Wyoming, which was probably a Brachiosaurus. And because only incomplete specimens of Brachiosaurus have been found, a lot of estimates of how it looked are based on Giraffatitan, since they are pretty similar. Michael Taylor analyzed Giraffatitan and Brachiosaurus in 2009, and estimated Brachiosaurus was about 82 feet or 25 meters long. It may have weighed as much as 35 metric tons, though lots of size estimates are based on Giraffatitan, which again was a formerly Brachiosaurus. The species was Brachiosaurus bronchi, and now it is Giraffatitan Titan bronchi. And again, titan, there are much more complete specimens. There was a 2014 study in PLOS Biology that estimated Brachiosaurus weighed as much as 62 tons, or 56 metric tons. Brachiosaurus had large air sacs in the neck and trunk to keep it lighter. It had a very long neck, small skull, and large body, like most sauropods. Unlike other sauropods, its forelimbs were longer than its hind limbs, and its tail was shorter compared to its neck. It was up to 40 to 50 feet, or 12 to 16 meters tall, and it was very giraffe-shaped, Unlike how it's depicted in Jurassic Park, Brachiosaurus could not actually rear up on its hind limbs. Heinrich Mallison found that, though other sauropods could do that, Brachiosaurus had too long of front limbs and would not have been stable, and also it didn't matter because it could already reach plants at such a tall height compared to other sauropods, so it would have no need to have reared up. Its neck was probably not very mobile, but it would have pointed upwards naturally. It was considered by some to be a high browser, eating vegetation that was 30 feet or 9 meters off the ground, and it may have also eaten lower vegetation, 10 to 16 feet or 3 to 5 meters above the ground. According to Wilkinson and Ruxton in 2011, Brachiosaurus, with its long neck, may have saved some time and energy by low browsing for food. This is because it reduces the overall energy... Spent foraging by 80% compared with dinosaurs with shorter necks. Brachiosaurus probably ate ginkgos, conifers, tree ferns, and large cycads. It ate in an up-and-down motion of its jaws with its teeth shearing plant matter when they closed. A 2008 study in the Royal Society said Brachiosaurus may have swallowed its food whole. Its teeth could strip plants but not break up the large chunks of vegetation but it would take soft tissue analysis to know for sure if brachiosaurus was definitely a high browser or a low browser. However, one benefit if it was a high browser would mean it didn't have to compete for food with other herbivores. Brachiosaurus had spoon-shaped teeth, 52 teeth, 26 on top and 26 on bottom. It ate 440 to 880 pounds, or 200 to 400 kilograms of food every day, though more recent estimates put it at 260 pounds, or 120 kilograms per day. It probably traveled in herds and migrated for food. And Brachiosaurus probably also liked flat land because it would have been a lot of energy to climb up hills. And also, if it was climbing hills, it was likely it would have fallen. Brachiosaurus probably walked on its toes. It's called a digitigrade stance, like dogs and cats, compared to plantigrade, which is like humans, where we use the heels and toes to touch the ground when walking. Brachiosaurus had a claw on the first toe of each front foot and claws on the first three toes of its rear feet. Each foot had five toes. It was probably warm-blooded like other sauropods, and the large nasal arch may have helped cool its brain. Before the air sacs were known about and brachiosaurus was thought to weigh a lot more, scientists thought it could not have possibly been warm-blooded. Scientists used to think that because Brachiosaurus was so large it had high body temperatures, but in 2011 they were able to calculate its temperature to be 100.8 degrees Fahrenheit, or 38.2 degrees Celsius, based on ratios of some isotopes in Brachiosaurus teeth. So it probably kept cool with a lower metabolism as an adult. Lowering its body temperature and slowing down its metabolism meant that Brachiosaurus would not have had to spend as much time eating. Brachiosaurus had large hearts and high blood pressure to pump blood up its neck to its brain because its heads were held up so high. So its blood pressure was possibly 400 millimeters of mercury, which is three to four times higher than a human's. Scientists used to think brachiosaurus lived in the water because its nostrils were at the top of its head. But brachiosaurus had air-filled pockets in its body, so it would have been too buoyant in water, according to a 2004 study in the journal Biology Letters. It had an arch of bone over the snout and in front of the eyes. The nostrils were thought to be an enlarged bump in front of its eyes because they used to think the nostrils were at the top of its head. But in 2001, Lawrence Wittmer analyzed muscle attachment scars on dinosaurs in present-day animal skulls and found that Brachiosaurus nostrils were actually near the tip of its snout. The crest that scientists used to think was the nose on top of its head now may be a resonating chamber to amplify sounds that it made. Brachiosaurus may have had a good sense of smell. The adults probably had no predators, since the largest predators at the time were Allosaurus, Ceratosaurus, and Torvosaurus, which were half its size. Plus, Brachiosaurus had a long tail it could whip at predators. They may have lived as long as a hundred years, and they had a leathery skin. Brachiosaurus eggs have been found in a linear pattern, so probably laid eggs when walking and most likely didn't take care of their young. Brachiosaurus has appeared in Jurassic Park and Walking with Dinosaurs, and a model from Jurassic Park was used in the 1997 special edition of Star Wars Episode IV, A New Hope. The Rontos from Tatooine were based on Brachiosaurus from Jurassic Park. Also in 1991, GX-7, a main belt asteroid, was named 9954 Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus is in the family Brachiosauridae, and they're found in North America and Africa and Asia. Brachiosaurus were quadrupedal with longer forelimbs than hindlimbs. They probably went extinct in the early Cretaceous, though there's some evidence some may have lived in the late Cretaceous. There's a lot of debate over which animals are in this family. Former Brachiosaurus include Lucititan and Giraffatitan, but other Brachiosaurids include Astrodon, Deinodocus, Pelorosaurus, And Ultrasaurus, though many of these are considered dubious. Another Brachiosaurid is Europsaurus holgeri, a dwarf sauropod only 20 feet long that lived on an island off the coast of Germany. And yet another Brachiosaurid may be an Asian dinosaur called Chilwanlong.
0: And our fun fact of the day is that the Brachiosaurus skull was only 1 200th of its body volume, which fits in with what I said earlier about them evolving small heads so they could have that huge body.
1: And that wraps up this episode of Vino Dino. Thanks for listening and tune in next time we have a special announcement about the future of our podcast. Until next time.